and I'm the founder of Women Who Influence. And today I am here with co-host Summer. Welcome everyone. Um, we have Tasia Smith here today, the lovely Tasia Smith. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Tasia Smith. I am the founder and owner of Get Social, a social media agency based in Los Angeles, but essentially uh, remote all across America. And we focus on political advocacy and social justice awareness. Okay, get social. All right, let's get down to business. Are you ready? (laughs) All right, so... Yes, I'm ready to jump into it. The name, get social. How did you come up with this name? Like, this is very important for people who are in the entrepreneur world to understand, like, you got to get in there, got to communicate, you got to keep going. So share a little bit of background on how you develop your name. Yes. Um, so it actually, originally when I first opened my agency, it was Get Social with Tasia. And that was more uh, based on me doing like freelance work. Um, I've been doing freelance work for about seven years now. So that was the idea at first. This me having this agency now is like wow (laughs) it is not um essentially what i planned but i am so so proud of it so it was get social with tasia and i wanted to take the focus off of me as i started to build and have more employees um and so shortening it to get social just made sense it was more forward it was exactly what we're doing and what we're enticing people to do when they you know decide to hire us or bring them on with uh, whatever organization or um organization they have so when you say exactly what you're doing, can you give us a little bit of insight on what uh, you guys do at Get Social? Yes. So we are a full service social media agency, which sometimes catches people off guard because they're like, do you do comms? Do you do this? And we're like, no, we don't do emails. We do social media. Um, we take um, an organization or a, or any type of campaign. And even now we're going into bettering black businesses. So we're working with a lot of black businesses to rebrand, build up and essentially um, modernize their social media platforms that they have. A lot of businesses that we see, especially brick and mortar businesses, are owned by older people or organizations that are founded by older people and they just haven't crossed over to the digital age. So what we do is we take that off of their plate Um, and essentially too, what we found in recent years is that social media is no longer a one person job. Mm -hmm. You cannot hire someone and, and think that they're going to do video, do editing, do graphic design, do copywriting, do comment management, do ads. Those are so specific skills now that people hold one, 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 um, to a person. So it's. It's essentially us taking a lot of the grunt work that social media managers have that fall on them and spreading it evenly throughout my team. Um, That is all women of color, where we essentially do all the graphic design, the video editing, the strategizing, the implementation. So one person doesn't have that burden on them. Right. So Teja, how did you get into the world of social justice like when what inspired you to get into that and to be an advocate for it yeah you know essentially i have been in social justice my entire life my grandmother um has what came to california from tennessee uh and opened up the bay area urban league herself she also worked for united way as one of the CEOs of California. So I've been around this type of work since I was born. And growing okay, up- Okay, first in- of all, Teja, can we give your grandma my freaking 
round of applause. Like, <laughs> <Yes>. whoa, <laughs> that's amazing. That's huge. Okay, I'm gonna shut up. No, no, I 100%. My grandmother is like my founding rock. I love her dearly. Um, my mother was a teen mom as, as well. So my grandmother helped raise me. Um, so I've lived with her, you know, majority of my upbringing too. So me and my grandmother are tight like no other. And she is definitely the blueprint, okay? <laughs> um, but I, I grew up in Oakland where, you know, the founding of the Black Panthers. I grew up around Black and brown people my entire life. Um, I knew, I realized when I grew up, a lot of people, you know, all the discourse on Twitter is like, oh, when did you have your first Black teacher? And I'm like, wait, people didn't have Black teachers? Like, I've had Black teachers my entire life. Um, so this has always just been something that I've been connected to, uplifting Black and brown communities and working in this type of advocacy, feeding the homeless. Essentially, everything that falls under the scope of social justice, I was doing it before it really had a name. Okay, I like that. That's awesome. Okay, so you made a little statement right here before it really had a name. I'm going to get on you for this. Mm-hmm. So tell us, like, how did you get into the space and building your your own name around it and, and amplifying um, the space that you're in? before it got a name yes so thank you for calling me out on saying it had a name because definitely civil rights movement has always been there the name that i'm talking about is more of the social justice movement that has been online you know in 2020 when george floyd was murdered we saw a influx of people interested in social justice awareness online I have been doing this work since about 2015, with 2016 being my biggest break with uh, the brand Schools Not Prisons. That's a hashtag that I branded, developed, and again, that's that's a name, a hashtag, or a, a phrase that's been around for, for decades. But uh, we did a 10-city tour across California. We went to underserved communities through free concerts, went into prisons, and um, had concerts for people that are incarcerated right now. And that really put myself on the map for the social justice space and the importance of getting what we're doing online. You know, people have been going into prisons for, for decades. People have been doing a lot of the grunt work. But what I found when I did, when I came onto that project, the social media was the afterthought. They never envisioned that it would it was a need for us to follow around and get this all on social media as 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 much as I did. What I did with that page is, you know, I swagged it out. <laughs> um, and today that page is still thriving and it has a podcast. I built it from zero and it now has, I think, about 50,000 followers, all organic, all from being in the community and the word. And we had amazing shirts that also went, uh, went with it that, again, branding. Okay. So that's huge. As you said, you grew up in a black and brown community. How big of a role? Um, can you go into more depth about that? About how big a role that played in you doing what you do? Yeah, absolutely. I am. I'm one of those people that everyone knows. Like everything Tasia does is going to be black owned, in proximity of black people, doing something for black people. Um, and the next step is black and brown people. Uh, growing up in Oakland, it really opened my eyes to the fact that really there were others out there. Um, 
I had been so well endowed into being around black and brown people that I really didn't know white people existed. <laughs> um, and a lot of what I saw happening, I assumed that that was just life. And that's, you know, I, I started losing friends to gun violence really young. Um, a lot of just, you know, a lot of unfortunate things that happen in the black communities that I saw happening to my family, to people around me, to my friends' families that I didn't really understand that we were the minority instead of the majority. And as I grew up and started to diversify myself and, you know, be in other spaces, and especially when I moved to Los Angeles for college, it was just like, wow. <laughs> you know, there not only does there need to be something done, but there needs to be something said. Um, I envy a lot of these children today with a lot of the gun reform and a lot of, you know, like Miss Little Flint, all of these platforms that they're able to have and their voices that they're able to use, Yara Shahidi, who's so well-spoken, I wish that I had that confidence, that platform, and those type of outlets for when I was younger. You, these are all things that were on my mind, but I didn't know if other people were thinking it as well. That's great. That is awesome. Like, I always say my personal mantra, what you do makes a difference. You don't have to be a big celebrity or you don't have to be an astronaut to make a difference. So tell us, like, how important is it for Gen Z voters to be involved into this? It is everything and more. It's the only it's the only way to go. Honestly, I know. I know for me, voting has been super important in my family, but I also realize that this is something developed in, within families. Someone can tell you to go and vote many, many times, but you don't really understand that. We weren't taught in schools um, in school unless you were going to AP classes, which again, black and brown communities don't have that advantage. The importance of political science and you know government and all those advanced classes to know the importance of what we're doing when we're voting and how it holds up for our, you know, our generation. I do think uh, Gen Z has a great wrangle on it now. Are, should we be voting more? Absolutely. Um, the way that the polls have ran and you know what we see if only Gen Z voted, you know, we know which way it would go. And so it's going to be on that community as well as my millennial millennial community to show up and vote so we can vote these people out that have been there way too long, change laws that affect us the most because we're the ones that are going to be here. Mm. That's that's great. That's great. So voting and being in the space and then being in the digital space is it's literally like, it's, it's the same, um, it's not the same, but creating the space around it and building a business, you have to juggle. Like, honey, what let's talk you? about your juggling here. Like, <laughs> you should add that to your resume. I'm a professional <laughs> work juggler. Like, <laughs> and many women out there are going through it. So how do you handle your stress? How do you handle your personal life? How do you handle the digital space, the voting space, and just everything? I know, like, recently you just told me, like, you put your son down for sleeping time, and then your husband had a dentist appointment, and now you're doing a podcast. <laughs> I, I applaud you. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> well, that is a question that I do get often, and I'm always transparent because I live in California that I smoke weed. Um, let's not act like that's, <laughs> that's not a peace reliever. <laughs> uh, let's be real. But honestly, the work that I do, it's so fulfilling that 
it's kind of just one of those things that I'm like, yeah, let, let's keep going. Let's keep going because I see the results so much in real time that it's fulfilling to me that I, I put it in the back of my mind. Um, it's It doesn't, I know when people say, you know, it doesn't feel like work, but the amazing team that I have, the amazing husband that I have, because he is a full-time parent as well as I'm a full-time parent. Things like that matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there, there are women that are married and are single mothers. Um, <laughs> I mean, even last week I was on a trip with 200 black women out uh, clamping in Georgia for one of my clients. My son had just stopped breastfeeding and we completely just, I left for four days and he didn't have breastfeeding and my husband held it down alone here. And I came back and he's just like a whole new baby. Mm. (laughs) He's like, oh, I'm eating, I'm taking the bottle, I'm doing, I'm drinking regular milk. He just turned one last month. And so Mm. these are things that if I didn't have that type of in-house support, because again, we're in Los Angeles alone, all of our family are in Oakland in the Bay Area. So we are here, we've got nannies, I've got an assistant, we've got, you know, we've built our tribe out here, but our free tribe is not here. (laughs) So juggling is an understatement of what we're doing you know we don't have those like oh let's call the grandparents for a night so we can go and get a drink like they come in and help which is again another luxury because they're only a 45 minute flight away but we are juggling you know we're Mm -hmm. both entrepreneurs we're both full-time workers we're working on businesses we have all these ideas we're a hip-hop based family so we do a lot of things that are around music so we just we're juggling and we are being real with ourselves about burnout and giving each other breaks. You know, my husband was here with him with my son last week for four days. And I was just like, what can I do for you this weekend just to give you a break? He's like, I just want two hours to listen to music. And I'm like, okay, we'll do that. We'll make that happen. You know, it's about being honest and communicating honestly. Mm-hmm. So Tasia, you're behind some of the biggest social justice, justice organizations like Rock the Vote and She the People. And you've also gotten um, Vice President Kamala Harris on Joe Biden's ticket. Tell us more about that. Yes. So from 2020, when I started, founded my business, that was just an explosive year for us. We registered over 2 million voters via social media um, with a lot of our partners and a lot of our digital work. Why are you saying that? Like, that's something simple. You registered 2 million (laughs) voters. (laughs) Come on. I always say I'm going to look back at like these last two to three years in complete awe and be like, um, how is I just acting like those are all normal things? Because in the middle of all of this, I'm like getting married. I'm, I had a baby. I'm going on honey. Like I'm doing all these things. I bought a house. Me and my husband bought a house. And I'm just like, yeah, no big deal. Got the first black and Asian woman on, on uh, in the White House. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is a big deal. That's a very big deal. It is a big deal. It is. And it is the founding rock for what my agency does. When I tell people, they're like, oh, oh okay. And I'm like, yeah, we, we did do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that year was an explosive year. Um, it it absolutely blew my mind. And it again, it feels feels like something that in 30 years, I'll be proud to, you know, tell my children, tell my grandchildren, tell future generations that that was a founding rock and things that, you know, you're someone that was related to you did they built the foundation for the things that we're seeing today they fought for climate change they fought for real-time you know change in all of our communities as well as on a global level that's important 
Um, I know you speak on um, something your kids and extended family can look at. How important is it to leave a I, the word legacy, like legacy for um, the generation um, after you? I am. I'm going to be honest that before I had my son again, which is just a year ago, I didn't understand the importance of it. I, I knew that it was something I wanted to do. Um, having a child always kind of gave me a, I, I'm not sure if I want to do it. I'm not sure. But even now, I think it means everything. Um, looking back at my great grandmother passed in 2020 at 98. So she lived a beautiful life. But looking through her things and seeing what she left and seeing things that I can pass down to my children. I have some of her artwork in my office. Even just little things like that it made it the world of importance for me to leave something for my children to identify me with, to carry on a legacy. Just how I told you about how my grandmother was a nonprofit, a nonprofit work. I hope that, you know, our future generations will see how much I fought for the things that I fought for and still want to continue that because none of this will be fixed in our generation. We will not see the things that we're fighting for right now all happen. Mm-hmm. And so all of this work, I, I feel confident in leaving for my children and grandchildren that they will either pick up the work or understand what I was doing for the outcome that they'll see. That's amazing. That's amazing. What, um, what are some words can you give a young woman or older woman or a middle-aged woman who wants to get in this field, who's afraid to use her voice to vote? And what, what are some um, key points on the importance of voting that you can give these uh, people and their not audience? I am a firm believer that Black women never age. Mm. So, okay, no matter on it. I'm 16. <laughs> like, we can do anything at any age. And that mm-hmm. goes for, I see, you know, women as first-time mothers at 40, women as f- first-time voters at 50. Like, mm-hmm. I just think that there are no limits to what we can do. Like, if you want to pick up, I, I feel like in, a, in another 10, 15 years, I might be a chef. You know, like, I just, whatever I decide that I want to do, I know that Black women and women of color, too, will put their minds to it. But heavy on Black women and doing anything that they absolutely can do and want to do um the pointers that i really have is just to believe in yourself and anything that you feel grounded in and confident in fight for it there's never a time to not fight for anything um i'm a firm believer that requesting what you want getting what you want and understanding your your wealth and your growth is important to just self-confidence and self-awareness um and so even with you know, going out to the polls and they're trying to discriminate and not let you vote and give you all these roadblockers. Find the outlets, find the resources and take your time. Don't give up on things easily. Because if I, if I gave up on a lot of things easily, I would be nowhere where I am today. I wouldn't have an agency. I would have, you know, taken what was handed to me back in 2015, 2016 and, and, and walked away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always encouraging women to fight for what they believe in and fight for their own sanity essentially right so i know that you enjoy tying um intertwining um hip-hop culture with political work um and i know that that's always been a thing in hip-hop um culture 
talking about those real things in the songs. Um, how? What's your favorite part about connecting those two together? Oh, that's an amazing question. I think my favorite thing is is seeing the people that are in hip hop that care. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some that will, you know. I think in recent years too, we've we've seen a, a big divide in people that are like, oh, I'm supporting this person, oh, I'm supporting that person. But in a sense, I do like it because it also lets you know where the music aligns in in terms of how you identify with it. But my favorite part is honestly the lyrics. Yeah, <laughs> like J Cole is like one of those that really puts a lot of thought into his raps and speak on political comments. And I'm always like, yes, J Cole, yes. <laughs> Like, tell them, get it out there, say what you got to say. Um, of course, Beyonce is another one who always slightly puts it in there. And it's like, even on Renaissance, she's telling you what to do. Like, you know, go out and vote. I adore things like that. So it's really the lyrics. It's people speaking on things that they don't even realize that they're speaking on because they're so in tune with the music. Um, and then them realizing what they've kind of just been told to do so and even a lot of the hip-hop artists showing up for campaigning right now i honestly love that i know people hate it because they're like oh they're choosing sides but like i just don't think we're living in a time where you can't not choose a side right. people need to know where you are where you are aligned with because that carries weight these days mm-hmm. yes that's awesome that's awesome so what are some new projects that you're working on at the moment that we can support, um, that our audience need to know about? What you got up your sleeve, girl? <laughs> um, so right now, I just I was just talking about last week how I was out with Outdoorsy Black Women, which is an amazing community of Black women that love the outdoors. I am not a person that loves the outdoors, but I did enjoy camping with, <laughs> with them last weekend in Georgia. Um, they had an amazing viral moment from us on TikTok and blew up on TikTok and they're literally blowing up right now, um, which is amazing to see. And I'm hoping that they'll expand out all over. Um, there's been so many people that are asking about it, but I do think it's important to have like a community of women that you, you can trust. And we did, you know, meditating, yoga outdoors, wine tasting and hiking and all of these beautiful things in a beautiful setting. Um, that's us venturing off into our bettering black businesses, which was a huge success. So Outdoorsy Black Women is a huge one. Um, Hip Hop Caucus is a very well-known organization. We've been working with them and Think 100 on climate change. And again, hip hop meets political advocacy with Rev uh, Yearwood, who's been the CEO and worked with tons of people over his lifetime. Yeah. There's there's, um, there's also um, Hip Hop Alliance with Curtis Blow and and cares mm -hmm. yep exactly so we've been working with hip-hop caucus um this year and those are new projects and think 100 and their podcasts that we have that we're working on right now that definitely align with what we've even been talking about awesome. i like that awesome. well that's all i have for right now summer do you have anything else no just um how can the people connect with you tasia Yes. So get social with Tasia. Get social. Um, get social with Tasia.com. You can connect with us on all social media platforms. Me personally, I am at Tasia Tej, T-E-J-A-A-T-E-J -A -A -E on all platforms. You can find me, connect with me, and I am always tweeting something hilarious. So go ahead and follow <laughs> up or follow the Get Social pages for our updates too. 
All right. Thank you for coming on here with us today and just sharing yourself with our audience and us. Yes, I appreciate you guys for talking with you. Thank you so much. Right. And that's a wrap, guys. My name is Gabrielle Reese. Once again, I'm with my co-host, Summer. And today we have the amazing Tasia Smith with us. Don't forget to follow her and support her endeavors.